Good morning to all of you in the room here and to those of you online as well. It is great to have you with us this morning. My name is Rachel and I'm one of the elders here at Andover Baptist Church. And I'm really looking forward to bringing the last in our series, The Greater Reward. I don't know about you, but I have really enjoyed the first two parts of this series. They've been really inspiring and challenging. And if you haven't um, had a chance to watch them yet, then you can catch up on them on YouTube. And they're really helpful at helping us look at how we can make changes in our lives to focus on what we want most rather than what we want now. But getting back to our uh, talk today, today the talk is going to be titled, Don't Give Up. So I wonder, have you ever looked at somebody else, maybe somebody you know, or someone famous and thought, wow, they have such a good life. Maybe they've seemed to have such a good job, or their marriage seems to be perfect, or they've got great kids and everything's just lovely, or maybe they're really good at a skill or a sport, and you're just like, really? Wow. And then the next thing that you might say is they're so lucky. But it strikes me that that's quite an easy statement to make, particularly if we're feeling a little green-eyed about what they might have that we don't. It's kind of, it's a good excuse, isn't it? Oh, well, I'll just have to accept the fact that I haven't got that because, well, I'm not lucky. But you know, in most cases, luck has nothing to do with how success is achieved. You don't win a gold medal at the Olympics just by showing up. You have to train. You don't get good exam results by randomly sitting an exam. You work and you study to be able to answer the questions. Great marriages don't just drop out of thin air. They have to be worked at and invested in. Debt doesn't generally get paid off by being given an amazing sum of money completely out of the blue. It's paid off by consistently making wise decisions around your finances. You see, successful people are successful because they work hard at doing consistently what others do occasionally. I'll say that again. Successful people are successful because they work hard at doing consistently what others do occasionally. For example, I decide that I want to shed a few pounds, so I make a few changes for a day. You decide the same thing, and you make those same small changes every day for the next three months. Now, when we come back together and we stand in front of the mirror and we look at ourselves, you're looking thinking, wow, I look really good, as in you. Um, you've lost a few pounds, you've made those changes, and it's paid off. I look at the mirror and I've still got a few extra of the wrong sort of pounds. You've made the changes consistently, whereas I only made them briefly. And it's the same with being close to God. It's not something that's just going to happen. Like, just like with human beings who we have relationships with, we need to invest in our relationship with God. We can connect with other Jesus followers. We can engage with the Bible or talk to God in prayer. And it's that consistent approach that creates a person who is close to God. The problem is, is that when we make those small, consistent changes, they don't always bring the big differences immediately. Think about our Olympic athlete. They don't start running at an Olympic pace immediately. It takes months and even years to reach the pinnacle of their fitness and skill to be able to win that medal. And in our culture of now, 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 where we want to see everything happening instantly, it's really easy to be tempted to quit when we don't see the results straight away. 
So that's why this morning we are going to be talking about not giving up. Now, if you've got a Bible with you, um, we are going to be looking at a passage from a, a book in the New Testament part of the Bible called Galatians. Now, Galatians is a letter written by a man called Paul, who was one of the leaders of the early church. And he wrote to the churches in a place called Galatia. And he says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man, now Paul uses the term man, probably because he was referring to a specific example when he was speaking, but the point applies to us all, just in, think, in case you think you're off the hook. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, i.e. themselves, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So today we're going to take a deeper look at the law that is, you reap what you sow. And today I'm going to break it down into three further laws, all around the idea of sowing. Now by a law, I mean it's something that always happens. So if I drop this now, I'm not going to sit here going, hmm... Is it going to fall up or is it going to fall down? It is always going to fall down because of the law of gravity. That is a law. It's something that always happens. So the laws that we're going to look at are these. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and then you reap after you sow. So let's look at the first one. You reap what you sow. I wonder if you've ever quoted that phrase to somebody before. Or, um, and some of you might have just thought it was a saying, you reap what you sow. I wonder if someone's ever quoted it at you before, maybe a parent or a teacher as you were growing up. It's a common saying and it's generally told to us as a warning. But its origins are right here in this Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. A man reaps what he sows. Now taken literally, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? If I want to harvest strawberries and I plant Brussels sprout seeds, I'm going to get Brussels sprouts. It's not a surprise. And this rule is true in every area of your life. If you're late for work, if you've got a bad attitude, you can't be bothered, then guess what the harvest might be? You're unlikely to get promoted. If you're in a relationship, but you're constantly looking at other people or watching pornography, is it any wonder that the harvest might be that you are struggling in your own relationship? If you eat what you like and you don't exercise, it shouldn't come as a surprise that you're not as healthy as maybe you could be. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't yet decided to be a follower of Jesus, then this is really just good advice. It's, it's sound advice worth living by. But it gets a little bit more serious here for those of us who are followers of Jesus. In the first part of verse 7, here we are given a warning. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. And then it goes on to say, you reap what you sow. So what is Paul getting at here? Well, we need to remember that God doesn't just look at our outward appearances. He looks at our hearts. And whilst we might purport to follow Jesus, but actually we sometimes live a life that excludes him. If we put on a pretense that we want to follow Jesus, and maybe we rock up at church once a week, but we actually don't allow God to influence or lead us in any other parts of our lives, then is Jesus really Lord of our life? Or are we perhaps living to satisfy our own more selfish desires? You see, God can't be fooled. It cannot just be our intention to follow him. It's the actions we do, the seeds that we sow, that will lead to the harvest that we reap. 
So do you like what you're reaping? Is there an area of your life that you do not like what the harvest is? Now, we're going to have to be honest with this one because some of the things we're sowing, only we know about. Some of the things we're doing, we might not want to own up to. Admitting to planting ropey seeds in whatever area of our life is sometimes hard for us to acknowledge. But if we want to reap a different harvest, a better harvest, then we need to change what we're sowing. So number one, you reap what you sow. Number two is you reap more than you sow. What you sow, God will multiply. Now, this is going to be a bit difficult for you all to see. In this bag, believe me, there are two little apple seeds in the corner of it. They're tiny, aren't they? Absolutely tiny. But if I plant those seeds, they will turn into seedlings, and then they will turn into saplings, and then a tree. And when the conditions are right, the apple tree will begin to bring multiple harvests of hundreds of apples. On another level, imagine you're drinking too much. Overnight, every night, sorry, you have a few beers or glasses of wine and you know you're short-tempered with your spouse. Maybe you're tired the next morning at work. Your partner's fed up and frustrated of being neglected. But imagine if the seed that you sow is to stop having those drinks. Imagine if you do this for a week and then a month and then a year. At this point, you become healthier. You're fresher for work, your boss notices, and you get more responsibility. Your zest for life returns. Your partner becomes more of a focus in your life. And so your relationship improves. All of this because you sowed one seed. One seed that brought a much bigger harvest. Now, Mark, who is one of, was one of Jesus' disciples, he recounted a story that Jesus told to demonstrate just this. Now, Mark had witnessed all of um, Jesus' life on earth, and he wrote an eyewitness account, and it's found in the, the New Testament part of the Bible. And in that story, he um, recounts that Jesus told of a farmer. Now, in those days, the farmers would have had a little kind of saddlebag type thing, and they'd have kind of scattered out the seeds. So he tells us that these seeds, some of them, they fell on rocky ground. And you know what? They didn't do so well. Some of them fell in the thorns, and again, they didn't do so well either. But in verse 20, it says this, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And it strikes me that these people who hear and accept God's word are the same people who have chosen to live and please the spirit in their life. When we hear God's word and we live a life making daily choices that please the spirit, God blesses this. The harvest comes back multiplied. God will do more than we could ever ask or imagine. When we live a life to please the spirit, when we are sowing good seeds on good soil, when we do this consistently, we harvest much more than we could ever imagine. When we become more like Jesus a little bit every day, it makes a huge impact. Making good choices consistently will bring a greater harvest. You will reap more than you sow. And number three, you reap after you sow. I said earlier in our culture today, we want results immediately, don't we? Waiting is not promoted. It's not something that we want to have to do. Patient is not something we want to have to be. When we don't progress fast enough, we can get discouraged. 
And this can happen in any area of our lives. But the nature of sowing and reaping is that you plant in one season and you have to wait to reap in another. Now, if I start saying, wow, I prayed every day for a whole week and I still don't feel close to God. Or I've been to the gym for two weeks and I look the same. Or I've been practicing my sports skills for a few weeks and I still can't do what I'm trying to do. I might wrongly conclude that my small choices every day don't matter. But if I was just to keep on going, to keep on making those small decisions, and to keep on making those small changes, there will come a time when I will see the effects. Sowing the small seeds each and every day, making godly choices in this life will lead to blessing and harvest. It might be months or even years later, but you will reap a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. You see, in every action, we are choosing the direction of our life. Will we serve our selfish ambition and choose the things that we want now? Or will we serve God and choose the things that we want most? In every action, we choose the seeds that we sow. But let's be real, we get discouraged, don't we, when we hit that moment of not seeming to see the results. So how do we overcome the discouragement of having to wait for the harvest? Well, what if we change our perspective and rather than judging our success on the results, we look to judge our success on the seeds that we sow each and every day. Success looks like sowing small godly seeds each day. Then every day we can look at ourselves and decide, were we successful? Because when we make godly choices, we are sowing seeds that are pleasing to the Spirit. We are literally living our life to please the Spirit. And every time you do this, heaven is cheering you on. Every time you do this, there's a whole community here who is cheering you on. Every seed that you sow that pleases the Spirit is pleasing to God. So next time you see someone doing something good, why don't you tell them? Encourage them. I remember hearing um, Rob Parsons, who is a Christian author, speaking about um, how good it is, it's very easy to catch your child doing something bad. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. It's very easy to respond in that moment. But actually, he says it's much more encouraging and much more changing for your child to catch them doing something good. I'm sure you can think of a time when someone has encouraged you, when you've persevered through something or you haven't given up because somebody has said something to encourage you. It makes a difference. And we can all be that difference. And Paul reminds us, he does this, and he reminds us, let's not get tired of doing good. And it could be we're getting tired because we're not seeing the results we want to. Or it could be a bit like Chris was talking last week about trying to do things in our own strength. When we do things in our own strength, we are limited, aren't we? When we try to resist temptation in our own strength, we give in. When we try to work at our relationships in our own strength, we can give up. When we try to be kind to that person who really annoys us in our own strength, it's hard to keep going. Earlier in his letter to the churches in Galatia, Paul writes this. He says, after starting your lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You can kind of hear the sigh in his voice. It's like, seriously, you started in the spirit. Keep going in the spirit. Don't go to your human effort. 
And then he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature, your flesh, your human desire craves. The Holy Spirit, you see, is not a ghost or a dove or a fire. Well, it's represented in all of those things. Let's not forget that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Now, I'll let Chris unpack the Trinity at some other points. Um, but it means that the Holy Spirit has the same authority, power, and wonder that we ascribe to God. And if we're Jesus followers, then this same Holy Spirit is living inside of us. The very same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from death to life is living in us. Don't ever minimize that or lose the wonder of it and the dramatic change that it can make to your life. You see, if you live in the power of the Spirit, you will be empowered to keep on doing consistently, making those small changes in your life. That in the tough moments when you are tempted to give up, the Holy Spirit will help you. And you will suddenly realize that maybe not having that glass of wine every night is not as hard as it was initially. Maybe you'll suddenly realize that you have been laughing with your spouse more than you have been arguing with them. Maybe you'll find yourself being more patient with your children. Maybe you'll find discipline in studying for exams easier. You see, when you're making godly choices and that you are trying to do the right thing and live by the Spirit, you will find that you reap a harvest. When you live by the Spirit, you might become that person who has the thing that everybody else wants. You might become the person who people look at and go, well, they're lucky. But you know what? They won't have seen you make those changes. They won't have seen you, the sacrifices that you made when you chose to get up early to exercise or when you chose to not go to the pub because you were studying or when you carved out time of your already busy schedule to spend time with God, because these things were done in the shadows in private. But the results, now they are seen and admired, but they've only happened because you didn't give up. The results, they come later. The small changes that you make are never wasted. Don't stop believing that God will bring the harvest for the seeds that you sow. You reap after you sow. Now there is of course one exception to this rule of that you reap what you sow. An area of life where we get what we do not deserve. You see by the grace of God, God gave his son and Jesus died in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. And when we put our faith in Jesus, even though we deserve death and destruction for our sinfulness, by the grace of God we reap a harvest for a seed we did not plant. When you choose Jesus as your savior, you are changed from the inside out and you will begin planting those seeds that are pleasing to the Spirit and not yourself. And you'll have the Holy Spirit to help you. Maybe you are here today or watching online and you know that the seeds that you are planting in a specific area of your life are not the right kind of seeds. Maybe you have tried to plant good seeds but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere and you've given up or maybe you want to give up. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction that you just can't shake, gambling, pornography, drugs, alcohol, anything, but you know that it is hurting you and those around you. You can see the harvest from the seeds you're sowing and you don't like it, but you're tired. But God is the miracle worker and he is for you. No matter where you are or what you have done, today is a new day. 
and you can begin to plant seeds that will reap a harvest that breaks the chains of addiction from around you. Maybe the seeds you are sowing are seeds that are full of negativity and gossip and you find yourself reaping a harvest where you feel alone and sad. The Holy Spirit can help you break that habit. Maybe it's your marriage that you are desperate to see become stronger. Maybe you have sown seeds that have hurt your marriage or that have harmed your relationship. Don't give up because God can restore your marriage in the most miraculous of ways. Or maybe it is your relationship with God that is is just not what you want it to be. Maybe you have just been prioritizing other things. And you haven't been planting the things in your life that will bring you closer to God. Today can be the day that you make the small changes. But in all of these things and all of the other situations, which I know that will be in this room that you might be thinking about, the Holy Spirit will help you. You don't have to make the changes or keep making those changes in your own strength. The Holy Spirit will empower you. See, God promises that as we draw near to him, He will draw near to us. It's a promise. You don't have to do anything. You just have to ask, seek him, spend time with him, talk to him and ask him to help you. Ask him to help you to live a life that pleases him, to live a life where you are planting good seeds. Both here on earth and in heaven to come, the harvest you will reap will be so worth it if you just don't give up. We're going to spend some time praying and worshipping. And I wonder maybe if you you can sit or stand as you will, but maybe you just put your hands out in front of you as though you are receiving something. For all of us in the room, there may be things that we have thought about this morning, things that we are struggling with, things where we see a harvest that we don't want. Well, we can do something about that. And we can talk to our Heavenly Father. We can draw near to Him knowing that he will draw near to us. It doesn't have to be something that we think about now and we walk out of those doors and we think, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Let's do it now. Let's come before the Lord our God and let's ask him to help us. So maybe you'd stand and and put your hands out in front. Father God, if there are people here today or watching online and they haven't yet chosen to follow you i'm going to pray a prayer now maybe that's the seed you want to plant today maybe it's the seed of choosing jesus that you want to plant and if that's the case we want to say father god we know that we have stuffed up we have fallen short and lord i thank you that you died for me in my place Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong, and I want you to help me to choose you, to plant seeds that are godly choices for the rest of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me now. And if you're here thinking that Actually, do you know what? The seeds I've been planting are the wrong sort of seeds. Let's say, Father God, speak to us now. Speak to each of us in the quiet. Speak to us and 
Show us what it is in our hearts, in our lives, where we are reaping a harvest that is not what it should be. Lord, we are sorry when we have made choices that seek to serve us now, here in the now, rather than making choices that will bless you. And Lord, I want to pray that you would come near to us now and help us to make good, godly choices, new, small changes, starting now, but in your strength. And Lord, if we are in danger of giving up, if we have been trying to do this and we just have had enough, we're not seeing the harvest that we want to see. Lord, I pray that you would give us perseverance. I pray that you would help us not to give up. That you would help us to keep on doing good things. Help us to encourage those around us. Help us to encourage our friends, our family, those in our church community. Lord, I pray that you would help us to encourage those around us, but also to keep going. Father God, help us never to give up. For the reward you have for us, the harvest you have for us, is more than we could ever ask or imagine. Amen.